Welcome everyone to episode 21 of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd here with my main man, JB. What's going on, bro? All good, man. All good. This has been another fun week. And, you know, we said we were going to do it. I, I did promise I would eventually watch one. And here we are. <laughs> we've 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 finally got JB on a on a TNA pay-per-view which makes me extremely happy. Um I am marking out uh not as much as the AEW fans for Moxley but I am marking out. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Who who had like 1 minute? <laughs> yeah man, how you doing? Everything cool? Everything is all good. We are yeah, which you know like I said, we're still in this unbelievable, you know, possibly written by a bad book, a Corona gimmick. Um, That's right. This which, is, is why, um, which is why I decided that, yeah, we would watch lockdown because the country, particularly in the UK up north, is in a state of lockdown. Wales is in a state of lockdown again. You know, things are not looking pretty over there over that side and up north and yeah I, f- I figured lockdown would just be a fun time which I make, I'm not trying to make light of their situations but yeah it's it's where we are well, in the it, world at the minute that's right man if ever there's a time to do a coronavirus lockdown special if it gets us to watch a tna lockdown pay-per-view then i'm down like a clown charlie brown so let's do this man happy days but we have got um, as you probably know, people that are regularly watching this podcast or video cast or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, we do have a little bit of news. We like to chat about things that have happened during the week, uh, bits and bobs, tidbits and whatnot. So, yeah, what what we got, JB? What we got this week, bruv? Uh, this week, I mean, it's, it wasn't a, wasn't a massively busy week until maybe... The end of what I like to call our week is where we finally get to sit down and chat ourselves. And I'm going to start off with the uh, with the Jim Cornette Dave Meltzer feud, just because it's hilarious in every way. Meltzer is Meltzer. I personally like. I don't subscribe to his thing. His uh, the Observer. I don't read any of that stuff. If any of it comes up, it's usually on social media. I'm not a Meltzer fan. I will be honest about that. Um, and yeah, I mean Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette has his own, you know, thing going on. He's a uh, he's popular with many and also very unpopular with many. But their feud is is hilarious. There's nothing. There's no way to describe it. You it's know, it's it's great, and it's it does kind of revolve around. I I mean, I, it revolves around Dave being paid by AEW. Or, yeah, or as actually Cornette said, possibly Dave paying AEW because the amount of times that the Wrestling Observer gets mentioned in AEW programming is actually beyond belief. Like, I mean, and it's only your kind of, back to a Pillman reference, smart marks that really pay attention to any of that I mean, fucking I'll, shit. I'll, like, I'll, stop, I'll stop you just quickly and say, should, for all, all credibility, should AEW be mentioning the Observer? Should they be bothered well, about it? Not really, because yeah. it kind of 
it, it, it gets rid of any kind of kayfabe that there was because it's all this kind of behind the scenes, this, this, this. It kind of breaks it down to a point where it delegitimizes any legitimacy that ever was there yeah. um, to a point. So, I mean, mate, I mean, I don't think they should be mentioning it. You know, like he's saying, seven-star matches and all this, but you can see by, by things that are going on in the AEW programming that they're just pandering to these fucking observer readers and these smart marks and shit, man. It's, it's and, too much, bro. But You know, I don't think the observer readers are above 1 million. I don't think, you know, because AEW's views aren't above 1 million at the minute, especially on, um, especially with Dynamite. It's not, you know, they're not breaking, they're not bringing in new fans. You know, it, the number is slowly dropping. It's sort of staying the same, but it's just hitting a, it's hit a bit of a wall. Yeah, NXT is NXT. They'll have viewers on, you know, there on Wednesday night as well, which is obviously taking a share of AEW's possible viewers. And NXT, you can watch eventually on the network. You know, I don't really know what AEW's got planned for their on-demand service or anything like that, but they do quite well on ITV4 in the UK. But again, it's it's not scratching the surface. And by bringing up oh, the Observer, this, that, and the other every week and every you know other week, who cares? Well, the the new the new people watching it that they want to get watching it don't give a fuck about the Observer. They don't even know what it is. No. You know, if you want to expand your viewership, you can't be pandering to a very tiny online community of wrestling fucking smart marks. You need to broaden your horizons and uh, start to make a product that is a little bit more uh, accessible to people that don't know about that shit. Um, you know, like you had the fucking, I mean, I, the more, the more I, I go on, the more I find myself agreeing with Jim Cornette to a point, because you've got, I mean, how many people really know or give a shit about Kenny Omega being the cleaner? in Japan, right? So what does it matter? Why have you got a load of people with fucking brooms when he's coming into, do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're trying to pop, like they're, they're trying to pop the boys. This is, this is, yeah, this is, this is true. Kenny has come out with this whole cleaner thing. It's what, what something he did in Japan, but Kenny's good enough on his own. He's a good wrestler. He's really, he's really good. He's had some great matches, especially with Okada and stuff like that. And, but stop trying to, stop trying to, pop the online marks you know that's right 100 percent. they're trying kenny, to pop kenny these... worked a 35 second match this week on dynamite and it was great <laughs> i love seeing sunny kiss getting battered because I, I just don't like him as a wrestler i just think he's uh, the, gimmick, the gimmick is fine you know it's cool whatever but like yeah sunny kiss is not on the level of kenny omega so it, a squash it, was all it could be I mean, he took the knee like a, excuse the pun, like a bitch. Um, <laughs> he did take the knee like a bitch. And like, you know, it, it does make me laugh because, you know, if that was the only way that match could go, really. I mean, he, I mean, Sonny Kiss had to be used for fodder. They're trying to push uh, Omega. I mean, it had to be a squash. And um, I did love the memes and the gifs. Uh, and the, the look on Kenny Omega's face after he got the pin, you know, that kind yeah. of... Well, you know, it, it was it, good. It was almost like it was beneath him. It, well, it was, though, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it was beneath him. You know, he had to, he had to squash him. Um, 
you know, and like I say, before anyone moans and bitches, it's got fuck all to do with Sonny Kiss and what what kind of character he's portraying. Although I may I must say it does really piss me off that people are so protective about a one-dimensional character. Because let's face it, his character is only based on that aspect, that one aspect, isn't it? Really, that camp kind of character. It's it's a bit shit, you know. There's quite a few one-dimensional characters across wrestling. You know, I'm not saying it's you know just AEW. I'm not no gonna pigeonhole them for that. But same with Orange Cassidy. Oh, he's I cool. Mean, yeah. He's lazy. Cool. Whatever, man. Like he's not that good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've drifted, and, and to be fair, I've tried to give AEW chances, man. Well, I've I'm, tried to. I'm going to apologise because I'm going to dig them out again in any like like any second now. So, same, bro. I'm like, getting ready. Um, there was an injury at Dynamite. There's, there was two injuries at Dynamite now. Um, the first one, Alex Reynolds, was knocked out, sparked, and he was laying flat out in the ring for a good couple of minutes whilst the rest of the fatal four-way tag match carried on. Inexperienced they referees. Tried to, they tried to pick him up and make him do moves. It was... Now, Reynolds has come out and said that the ref and the doctor did a great job. No, they didn't. Not even... You've got to say that, we're only a weeks. We're only weeks away from Matt Hardy being knocked out and I'm letting him carry on, which was, you know, atrocious in its own way. There's a, there's a moment like this, if I may just interject, in this TNA pay-per-view as well. There's a moment when one of the wrestlers, I think, gets knocked out um, momentarily. And the way they deal with it, um, you know, can be seen as, you know, they, they kind of protected them. Uh, but we'll get on to that. But, yeah, it was, um, yeah, AEW. They, they're just very... They're very inexperienced. I don't think really. Well, this is the the joke going around is when when Taz made the cut the line about you know the sloppy shop up north or whatever you know. Start looking closer to home, like. And bro, he worked for he worked for ECW for how many fucking years? Calling that a sloppy shop. To talk about um, and even and there was a taping, also that same night for this week's Dynamite show, there will be no spoilers, but Abaddon got injured as well. I don't know the extent of that injury. As far as someone reported, it might have been a throat, which, you know, I mean, is there a curse on something? You know, is it, you know, there's a lot of injuries flying around there. I mean, who was she wrestling? Do we know? I don't know. No. It wasn't Nyla Rose? No, I don't think so. Okay. But it is a, it is a yeah, throat injury. I mean, I can try and look it up as we speak. Tay Conti. Tay Conti? Yeah. Okay. So, not really sure how and, you know, what happened there, but there is there was another injury and it has been reported as fairly serious. So, not having much luck, at, you know, at TNA. I need to, we need to stop and talk about Dave Meltzer again. I'm really sorry I had to do this, but he compared Will Ospreay to Owen Hart. No, Dave, you yeah. are fucking wrong. Yeah. 
couldn't believe it when I read it, man. Jordan, like, when Jordan messaged me with it, I was just like, wow. <laughs> just 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 wow, really. Like it's personal personal opinions of Osprey aside, which we have some. Um no. Yes, Owen did some flips in his matches with Liger and stuff like that, but not to the extent where you're not selling any fucking move in the ring. Go fuck yourself, man. Like seriously, mm. don't give me that shit. Owen was I'm irritated great, now. <laughs> no, Owen was great at selling. He was great at the yeah. story aspect of it. Um, the character tell a story, aspect don't of just it. Flip around. That's right, man. And Osprey, and like I say, we do have some personal opinions on Will Osprey, which is based on knowledge that we have personal knowledge of things that have happened that he has done, but we're not going to go into that. No, we'll stay um, away from that. We're going to stay well away from it because we don't... But yeah, you, he's, he's never touching, you know, what Owen Hart did, not even close. Like, let's let's stop that now, you know. I think I think we'll call that call that one because that one, yeah, that's that was just irritating and what a clown. Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Meltzer's fucking losing the plot, mate. He's, there's something going on. Shall we Shall we hop in a cab and head to the Leacora Center in Philadelphia? No, man, not yet. We got to talk about a certain steak dinner, bro. You're not getting out oh, of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. This is the This is the hot topic of the fucking week, bro. Uh, le Dinner debonair, as it's been hashtagged by Chris Jericho, and yeah, he, uh, he, him, and MJF went out for dinner, went out for a steak dinner, and ended up having a sing song, putting on a performance. I've seen it; it's funny-ish. Here's the problem. MJF, and I've already spoken about this, MJF does not need Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is entertaining on his own. He could have sung that, done that five minutes with anyone else in the inner circle. Could have done it with Hager for fuck's sake. Would have been hilarious. Because pr I'm pretty sure Hager can't sing or dance. I mean, that would have made it funnier. The fact that MJF can sing and was pretty good. Um, like I, I personally, I watched it, right? And I thought... This is different, slightly funny when you're watching it and taking it for what it is. But then you then you insert it into what is supposed to be the storyline of what's actually fucking going on. If you just watch it as a standalone thing, you think, yeah, that's actually quite good. That's quite funny. But then you insert it into AEW where we are at the moment and to both of the characters and you think, all right, so what's the fucking point? What's the point? What was the fucking point of it? The, the point is, uh, you know, I from what I can see, they're going to try and push... Um, uh, they're going to try and push MJF uh, into the inner circle and then probably try some um, split-up angle, you know, and, you know... It looks like they're going to try and push out Sammy, yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, like he'll try and bully him or something. You know, like there'll be some kind of. He already know, bought MJF him the jacket like, that was five XL and stuff when he bought the inner circle leather jackets or whatever. And you know, he got, but he the got fact is, Sammy's one, and then he got him one later on. It was five XL. There's a picture of Sammy, like MJF standing next to him with his thumb up, and Sammy looking pretty sad, and his jacket looks pretty pretty good. Like and, I wouldn't yeah. be I wouldn't be surprised if that was your main event in a year and a half's time, maybe two years. What Sammy and MJF? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, the thing that annoys me is the only real legitimate heel that wasn't a comedian in, in AEW that they had was MJF. He was... He, um, he was Archer's, Archer's not funny. No, but I mean, I think the the stories that they could have done with MJF and that they were trying to start doing with him, that it was it was great. The stuff with Moxley. I mean, let's not get onto Moxley and how much I dislike him or how shit I think he is. But you know, it's um, you know, they could have really and they should have really. I still believe they could have put the title on MJF and had a heel champion for a bit because it's all just very meh. It's just all very meh, 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 boring as fuck. Yeah, Moxley's the champion. Yeah, he's this fucking, you know, pound shop, stone cold Steve Austin. You know, it's um, it, it, it's just bullshit, Do- man. Dollar it's, store for our American listeners. That's what I'm saying. Dollar store, stone cold. It's just bullshit. It's um, um, back, to the, uh, back to the uh, dinner debonair um, stuff. Like I said, Jericho could have done five minutes on his own. It wasn't necessary, but it, you know, it, and it didn't really, didn't really pop the views, didn't make anything jump, didn't spike a rating. It did look like Jericho was blown up when he was singing, though. Did you see it? Like, he was fucking red face, man. He looked like <laughs> yeah, yeah. gammon, like how we say over here. He looked like gammon, bro. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was, he looked a little bit, uh, he was blown up. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. MJF, I thought his singing was great, the whole thing of it. But to me, it's like they've made a laughing stock of one of their most serious hills. And people my, are just My laughing. only worry is that this will bring us to an AEW Christmas special on TNT hosted by MJF with, uh, with singing and dancing and guests. And that's the last I mean, thing you'll need. Fuck, man. I mean, if he's abusing people and being like a mean bastard, I mean, okay... Well, yeah, if, if MJF was MJF in a Christmas special, just ripping people and maybe having a sing-song with one or two, sure. But I mean, yeah, not even the sing-song. I think maybe if he was just... Like I say, I don't, I don't really see where they're going with it. I don't really see what the point was and what the point is, you know? All right, they're introdu- it's clear that they're introducing him into the inner circle. And that's what's happening, you know? But they were, they were pushing this a year ago, like even longer, where it was like... Do you want to be in the inner circle? Do you want me in the inner circle? Do you want yeah. to be in the inner? Do you remember that? You know all that. I mean, how long are you going to long it out? Like, you know, they 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 touched on the fact that he he fought Moxley, and then people started feeling sorry for him. He nearly had a face turn in the middle of the fucking match because it was booked so badly. Like it, it's, you know, people started feeling sorry for him because he was throwing everything but the kitchen if, sink. If you want to, if you want to keep him heel, you've got to have him do heel things. You can't have yeah. him being too entertaining. Fuck. And that's the problem. That the is booking the problem. is awful in AEW, and it hurts me to keep saying it week in, week out. But, I don't, you know, they need to stop pandering to the fucking marks in the internet community. They need to stop pandering to the Wrestling Observer. They need to just stop and just yeah. Bef- stop. One more before we move on. Um, I never thought I'd say this, but we're going to talk about better booking and because, it's, because tonight is Sunday night and... Uh, at the earlier time of 11pm for us, because the clocks went back, um, Hell in a Cell is on tonight. And our main event, most likely, is going to be Roman Reigns against Jey Uso, which has been booked wonderfully. Say what you will about old Uncle Vince, but he, someone still has a sharp mind for it. Because that's Because they know... Booked. 
really well. Yeah, it, the, the, the thing is that the, the the psychology of what's going on in AEW, the way they're booking people and that, and like, you know, it just doesn't add up because they're not, because they're pandering to the wrong, to the smart marks who don't want to be given a story. They want to create the stories themselves. True, because WWE are just booking their story as in, as in how they want to do it. Yeah. It's the same with Sasha and Bailey. Like, they will have their match tonight as well. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that, um, Bailey versus Sasha, because I think they're both individually very good. You know, I, I mean, it's still, I still, when I think of Sasha Banks, I still think of the moment when she was in the ring with, um, with, with, with our dude, fucking couple haters. You know, like that, that whole thing when they, you know, were in the ring. That still makes me laugh to this day. Great stuff. Oh. I guess that's it. That's uh, that's our news for the week, you know. Um, our bitch for the week. Are we? Uh, yeah. I, I guess we should hop in a cab, head to Leah Chorus Centre in yep. Philadelphia, and I'm going to do it. Cross the line. Cross the line. Fuck yeah, because dude! I'm finally first... watching a TNA show. Yes, and he's wearing a t-shirt too. <laughs> it's he's a... going full it's TNA. A t-shirt mark. I've had for twelve years. That's messed up, man. Tell them the story uh, of where you got it from, bro. I got it. TNA were canvassing outside WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, <laughs> you know, hometown for them, I guess, at the time. And they, yeah, they were they were canvassing outside, handing out free T-shirts and all sorts of other gear, trying to get people to try to drop some business in TNA, which is clever because you got your you biggest wrestling crowd of the year there. Didn't you wear it to Raw, or did Matty wear Matt, it to Raw? Uh, yeah, Cactus Matt himself tried, wore it to a Raw the next night. <laughs> got a few dodgy looks, so he changed it like, about <laughs> half hour later. But yeah, that was a that was a good one. Uh, yeah, we're in we're in Philly. Uh, it's not the Bingo Hall. No. Um, which I think probably would have been a better choice. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. An attendance of around four and a half thousand. I looked up, looked it up. They did forty thousand in the pay per view buys, which is quite. It's not one of their lowest. It's you know middle of the road for them because they do some pretty good numbers with regards to lockdown itself and bound for glory. But yeah, this um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like they don't open. They open with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels just walking in. Like, there's yep. obviously a storyline to it, but you don't open up, you don't open it with a big, like, you know, video sort of production. You know, you don't do anything like that. It's just AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels walking through the car park. Yeah, I mean, it, it cuts to the because um, basically, see, I I actually think that the the one thing around this time that TNA did fairly well was their little video packages and their little like segments and stuff. Yeah, some um, were good. Yeah. Some were pretty good. And the way that they build stuff up, um, you know, I mean, the pure amount of names in in this whole pay-per-view, I mean, it's pretty decent, you know, like the, the talent that was going I'll, I'll give you that. Some of the name, for, for name value is probably good, but the year is wrong. It should have been 1999. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, <laughs> you are, I mean, you are right. We can't argue. But, you know, when you've got, when you've got um, a, a wrestling company that isn't TNA, uh, that isn't WWE or WCW or whatever, 
you have to take a few oldies to boost up the young'uns. Um, you know, so yeah. it's 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 but one I of them don't ones. Think, I don't think they should be main eventing. Uh, possibly one, I mean, one possibly. could, one probably shouldn't. Like, you don't need them both on top. You probably need one just to, you know, one brings the name value on its own. Like, two doesn't really boost you. So you're looking to bring on a younger, fresher name at the time. You don't need, like I said, the main event here is Sting and Mick Foley. So, you know, yes, it would have been, it, you know, hell, it was a great match at Beach Blast 92. Yeah, but, th- but this is the thing. Beach, Beach Blast 92 was one of my favourite matches of all time. And I honestly think that it, it, the reason why it went like it did is because of the result of what happened at Beach Blast 92. Because a certain individual, like, literally put the other one over so hard. Yeah. Um, it, and it's kind of the other way around. But anyway, like, we, we won't get into that. But oh, yeah, yeah Beach, Beach Blast 92, I actually spoke with Mick Foley on Twitter about this and said it was one of my favourite matches. And he messaged me, private messaged me, and said it was one of his favourite matches of all time that he was ever in. Um, because I was I was bigging him up for his what he did in that match. But, yeah, I mean, where we start, you've got AJ Styles and uh, Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angel, Anyone who watches WWE's product now will know who AJ Styles is. And at this point, AJ Styles had been in TNA since the beginning. And they were like seven years in. Yeah, 2002 it started, right? Yeah, 2002. uh, You know, and you had actually Macho Man turn up in the beginning days of TNA. Um, You know, you had a, a few guys turning up, you know. So, I mean, AJ Styles, look where he is now. Um, you know, and you had you've got to look at the people that are now in WWE that are on this pay per view AJ Styles, um, Robert Roode, Samoa Joe. You know, the, these guys, I mean, even James Storm, the cowboy James Storm, was actually in, T, um, in WWE for a little while, wasn't he? I'm not sure how long he lasted, to be honest, but yeah, he, uh, Probably, yeah. although because you know, we can probably share spoilers with Bound for Glory, um, from last night. James Storm does turn up at Bound for Glory, so there you go. Oh right, yeah, yeah, good. He was in the in the Gauntlet Battle Royal thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so Mike Tanay will is reminding us of divisions within Team Jarrett, which is part of the Lethal Lockdown match later on in the show. And they also show the main event Mafia walking in together, apart from Kevin Nash. Yeah. So there's Kurt Angle, Booker T, Scott Steiner. Charmel uh, is with Booker T. Yeah, uh, I think that's it. Is it? Yeah, uh, Nash. Yeah, Scott Steiner. Yeah, Scott Steiner. I mean, but I mean, look at the names there, man. You got fucking one of my favourite wrestlers of all time, uh, Kurt Angle. You know, Booker T. Um, you know, great, great. Yeah, group. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's got a, the, a, it's a the crazy Steiner. You know, absolute dog shit crazy Scott Steiner. Um, Team 3D are on the uh, the famous steps in Philly. They're talking about the city itself, which is funny because neither of them are from Philadelphia, are they? It's just where they were made, really. It was it was where they were made with yeah. with uh, ECW. That's exactly exactly why they're playing it, and they're calling it a Philly street fight. And yeah. uh, just as a quick one, we talk about Jordan's T-shirt. Well, the T-shirt I've got on is exactly the Team 3D T-shirt that those guys were wearing at that time and during the match. <laughs> this is a genuine piece of TNA merchandise, of which I have a few. But uh, Did you get yeah, it for free? I have, 
I, I didn't get it for free. No, I had to pay for it off of Don West. Because I think there was a, a little thing, you know, the, the other commentator, Don West. Oh, Don could sell. Yeah. Try, yeah. I think he actually got in trouble for nicking merchandise as well. I think he was doing... Um, did an I think he got fired for it. He was doing a Hebner. Did a Hebner. <laughs> Who's also involved in this pay-per-view. Uh, we've got video promo on Sting and fo- we finally get to the to the build-up to the show. We've got Sting and Mick Foley and the main event mafia in the Team Jarrett match. Um, I've got to say this, this is lockdown, so it's and I've got it in big letters here. It's all fucking cage matches all night long. All so night long, like baby. A, like a UFC pay-per-view or whatever. Like it's all cage matches. Which it loses its luster pretty quickly. The fact that it's all cage matches. And I don't know whether like you feel that way or not, but a whole pay-per-view on cage matches, like like for instance, Hell in a Cell, which is coming up, they're not not all the matches are gonna be in the cell. It's just the name of the show. I don't think they, I don't think half the matches need to be in a cage in this. I mean, I'm used to it because I watched a lot of TNA and I know that lockdown is their, is their um, cage match pay-per-view. So I knew, I, I mean, I knew what to expect. I've watched a few of them. So um, I'm used to it really. Um, this is, this is the it, first TNA pay-per-view I've watched in full since I watched Turning Point 2004, which I own on VHS bootleg. Bootleg, baby. Yeah, boot. Got to get that in there. It was a, it was a bootleg version. Um, <laughs> also happy with the, um, the theme song of this one as well, which is the Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> uh, rat, in, rat in a cage. But also, Billy Corrigan of of the Smashing Pumpkins was yeah. a big time investor in TNA. Um, he's and a big NWA, loved- isn't it? Yeah, now he's involved in NWA. Um, but he basically, he put a lot of money into TNA and I believe he sold his his part of it or whatever to get out or he wanted to get out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Corrigan would, would regularly be on, on Impact and that their weekly show or whatever. Like, I think he was the, uh, he was like the interim, like fucking managing direct, you know, like the, oh, you commissioner, know, like yeah, the commissioner so. or whatever. Like he was one of them for a while getting involved in matches. So yeah, Billy Corrigan from the Smashing Pumpkins has been involved in TNA for quite a bit. And like, like you say, now he's involved in uh, NWA, but I mean, well, TNA when it started was NWA TNA. It was. Yeah. Uh, they were, yeah. The, you know, the guys in there were, they weren't TNA champs. They were NWA champions, weren't they? Correct. In time. And then yeah. TNA just sort of branched out and decided to do it on their own. Our first match is uh, an X Division title match. The X Division is technically your cruiserweights, but apparently there's no limits to it. There's no limits, bro. No limits. No, but it is, it's always been perceived as a cruiserweight type of thing. Yeah. Um, elimination in this match, which is a fatal four-way? It is a... Oh, fatal no, five-way. Fatal five-way, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Fatal five-way. Um, elimination by pin or submission to a down to the last two, and then it's escape the cage to win, which is you know standard. You know that's fine cage match, but this is where it gets funny for me because our our compet- competitors in this Black Machismo Jay Lethal, who's doing a Randy Savage gimmick. Uh, but let me stop you. I will not hear anything said bad against Black Machismo Jay Lethal. 
I wasn't going to say anything bad. I'm gen- I'm just going to generally make a point on the whole thing. It's, All right. It's it's Jay Lethal, Kiyoshi, yeah. Consequences Creed, or you know Xavier Woods to a lot of people who know what they're, what they're watching now. Sheikh Abdul Bashir or Davari, as we like yep. to know him, and we yep. saw Davari again last night at Bound for Glory. Holy shit, he is jacked up, man. Like. <laughs> He would have won the Ico Pro Award. He would have won the Ico Pro Award for sure. And our champion, Suicide. Now, here's the problem. There's too many rip-offs in this match. Yeah, it, it got, kind of... If you, if you stripped it away, you'd essentially have Macho Man Randy Savage versus Apollo Creed, yeah. the Great Mooter, versus yeah. Spider-Man, versus Muhammad Hassan. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't think of one for Davari. So. I mean... It, I, yes, I agree. Um, Consequences Creed um, or Xavier Woods, however you want to call it, um, clearly a rip-off of Apollo Creed. Yeah. Um, you know, even down to the music, what he was wearing, everything about him. Black Machismo, Jay Lethal. Now, I will say, when, I've been a fan of TNA for a long time, um, Ring of Honor and all that. Jay Lethal, for me, as a worker, I think he's fucking fantastic. I oh, think he's really... Yeah. Really, really good. Shit hot. He does do a botch straight away within the first three minutes of this match, which is terrible. But other than that, um, I really, really rate Jay Lethal. And still one of the greatest clips in wrestling ever is Jay Lethal at one end of the um, arena and Ric Flair Flair in the ring. And they're like barking at each other. It is fantastic when they're wooing. It is just great stuff. I uh, yeah, I will point out there's a heavy tassel count on uh, Jay Lethal in this one. Yep. Just in yep. case we were worried who was playing babyface, <laughs> he is covered <laughs> head to toe in tassels. It's lovely. Probably. I really enjoyed that. Um, didn't know much about Kyoshi, if I'm honest. I looked him up. He didn't have much of a run elsewhere either. Like he just. He was a good the, wrestler. He was a yeah, good he was wrestler, okay. Kiyoshi. It was just a, just a really bad Muta ripoff, and I didn't like it. Well, yeah, it. no, it was a, it was bad, it was a bad move. He would be the first to be eliminated though from a flying elbow from Jay Lethal, which is just great. Yeah. <laughs> and then the match sort of like it, it falls apart a little bit. I mean, you got the first in the first couple of minutes, you've got uh, Jay Lethal does this move where it's like a hip toss, and then he runs on the ropes and does like a drop kick while they're on the floor and kicks him in the face. Yeah. And he did the hip toss, run against the ropes, did the drop kick, and missed him by about fucking three feet. Um, it was absolutely terrible. Like, comp- talk about showing light if you want to talk about wrestling terminology. Um, um, I, I wrote this down, and then I realized what I wrote down straight afterwards, and I had to put next to it, like with an asterisk or something. Because I put here, the fans aren't into suicide. No, nor was I. And I had to, I just, it's just a line I never thought I'd ever write. Yeah. They're not into suicide. Of course they're fucking not. It's suicide. Well, <laughs> suicide started as like a gimmick, basically for a computer game. Yeah. Like, um, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the TNA Impact game, yeah. Yeah, so the TNA Impact wrestling game, which... I may say, isn't as bad a game as people make it out to be. It wasn't Very, terrible. It was okay. The Wii, it was really good because you get to use the Wii controllers and the nunchuck and it was fucking I, great. At this point, I believe Frankie Kazarian is under the mask. I was going to say that as what well. I read, yeah. yeah. It, I think it was Frankie Kazarian, uh, a.k.a. Kaz, 
who was um, under the mask. But at some point, it was Christopher Daniels as well. Yeah, they did take take a few turns in that. But yeah. now there's still another guy that even recently, up to even 2014, 2016 or whatever, was actually in the suit, and it wasn't either of them two. Oh, Jesus. So it was someone else. But it was started as, like, pushing for the TNA video game where the character that you play in the game on story mode is this guy, Suicide. And I think you're trained by Limo Rickshaw in Mexico. Yes. Um, the one so, finest. Yeah. So you, uh, you're trained in Mexico and you do, you're doing this thing, but you don't know who you are because something happened where you get beaten up by some people, you don't know your identity, and you're trying to get through to find out who you are, and, you know, that his whole gimmick was, you know, gun to the head kind of thing. It was a bit cheesy, Cheddar Bob kind of shit. Um, like like I said, you know, it's, it's not a great name either. You're not going to chant suicide, are you, at ringside? Well, it's because his moves were suicidal, you know? It, he was... He he was a risky, you know. Yeah, I know it's fucking bullshit. I'm trying to justify that shit, but yeah. I mean, also you've got um, Sheikh Abdul Bashir. This is only like eight years after 9/11. Comes out in a vest. Yeah, I, you know just... I mean, in like a fucking vest. You know, like a fucking bomber yeah. with a vest. Like, you, this That's is what wrestle I've got crap. There next to it, the vest is suspicious. It's wrestle crap at its finest, dude. Absolute wrestle crap at its finest. Um. You know, only in professional wrestling could you have this going on. You know, it, and this is why we love it, dude. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. <laughs> the sheer pins, uh, Creed or Woods. You know, with a DDT. Um, again, the match hasn't really, it hasn't kicked in. I mean, I've got here that Lethal can go. You know, Lethal's really good in this. Yeah, he's he great, does, man. Does have I mean, his drop kick botch, but that's. Um, but then. Yeah, they. I don't. I don't really know what the name is for the move that suicide hits on lethal. It was shit. Yeah. But he hits lethal with a move, which I yeah whatever, and Bashir pins him. I'm like, oh, your most yeah. popular guy is now out of the match. Great. Yes. Um. And also, you've got um Sheikh Abdul Bashir's move is called the Weapons of Mass Destruction DDT. It's like. Yeah, dude. Fucking, you can't make it up. And then Big Show's, wasn't Big Show's Punch also called that as well for a bit? Yeah, for there's also some other, I will point out some other dodgy names for uh, moves in TNA that kind of go towards that. Not racist, but kind of racial undertones. Um, oh, dear. As we, um, as we go on. Uh, they... But, security, uh, sorry, Kiyoshi comes back down to ringside at this point because it's, you know... It's the escape. I think it's yes. Yeah, the time to escape the cage. It's Bashir and suicide, and Kyoshi comes down and security from out of nowhere. Like it's a bunch of guys start jostling with him suspiciously at the bottom of the uh, entrance way. And I mean, I can already see what's about to happen. Yeah, it's the setup. Yeah, they they they're in place because it rings because you know at the top of the cage, suicide and Bashir are having a little ding dong. And suicide is going to do one of his suicidal moves, I guess, and yep. dive onto the crowd below so they can catch him nicely and win the match. So it looks quite nice in the air, you know. Oh, yeah, it's like, a nice, it's a nice touch, but it's all right. Again, it was it was so obvious that it was happening. I was like, I'd, I'd have preferred it if both men jumped. 
uh, again, I'm talking about you know a guy named Suicide, and I'm preferring if both men jumped. This isn't right. One of them was wearing a vest like a suicide bomber, bro, as well, and was Middle Eastern. That's so, why I said it was a Mohammed Hassan ripoff, but that was as it much was just, to go with, yeah. You know. Even then, like it wasn't that close. Like, um, our TV interviewer Lauren, is it? Yes, it didn't is have Lauren. a surname, Lauren. Um, yeah, she's, no, she's, she's just Lauren. Yeah, she was with Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles. Uh, yep. Daniels is glad to be home, so I'm guessing he was recently back in TNA. Yeah, I mean, Christopher Daniels, uh, he was uh, the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, for a long time. Uh, he had some absolute, I mean, for years, and I'm talking years, I, we're talking yeah. a decade, him and AJ Styles literally travelled the world, having slobber knocker after slobber knocker match against each other because they were really good friends. I mean, they did it in FWA in the UK. They did it in Japan. They've done it all over America. Ring of Honor, yeah. Like, you know, they They also chucked in Samoa Joe for was it Unbreakable. I have seen that one. Yeah. Fucking great that stuff, one, that, man. That match was out of this you know, world. So um, AJ Styles and Daniels, you know, they can work. They can, they, they really can. Um, you know, and it's they're not like they were doing some flippity floppity stuff, but still they would sell. They would Make not, something. you know, Jeez. it was it was not to the point what it is today. Um, but they, they 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 know how to work. You know what I mean? So yeah, they've gone the length and breadth of the world against each other. They've he's come back. They're friends. Um, I mean, Christopher Daniels and uh, Frankie Kazarian would be tag team partners for a long time. Uh, they actually they recently still are, showed up. Yeah, they still are as well. I mean, uh, they, they were in AEW recently, actually. They turned up in the Casino Battle Royale thing yeah. that they've just SCU done. SCU or something, is it? The SoCal. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, the SoCal, yeah. Um so, I mean, you know, they, these guys can work and they're, they're selling the whole thing and talking about, you know, our team Jarrett on the same page because you had AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Hang on. I love them old Jeff Jarrett promos, man. Ain't he great? So And also you had Samoa Joe, who was actually killing it in, in WWE, uh, backstage training a lot of the guys. Um, you know, so they're playing up this whole thing. What about Jeff and Joe? And they just say, basically, look, we're on the same page, so we don't really care what's going on. You know, it, it was a, just a, a meh promo. It wasn't that great. It was just a welcome back. Daniels had come back three days earlier. Uh, we have the Queen of the Cage match next. It's a four again. I'm asking these questions because I, I I literally did no back sort of things. I didn't watch any episodes of Impact or whatever they show they had on at the time. Was it Explosion as well? They have. Uh, they did have Explosion, but uh, yeah. I did that. That was a, this in the Bravo days where they had and Explosion was like a a catch up kind of show with okay. a couple of extra matches or whatever. So, yeah, this is the Queen of the Cage match. It's Madison Rain, who is now part of the Beautiful People. Or she was she was trying to join the Beautiful or, yeah, People, trying which to was join. Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. One of the best 
that is female a good team tag teams yeah. of all time, dude. I don't care. You know, they had everything. You know what I mean? And when you talk about divas or whatever, like could, Velvet could, Sky. Could we go as far as say the iconics are a bit of a beautiful people ripoff? Hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Sojourner Bolt. I don't know nothing about this one. This this lady. Sojourner um, Bolt. Yeah. Uh, Daphne, who we the screen queen, and uh, ODB with Cody Dina and. ODB's gimmick is uh, is a wild one. I'll give you that. Um, she's drinking out of her flask. She's grabbing herself and yeah, it, a lot of. You know what it reminded me of, especially with Cody Dina. There, it reminded me a little bit of Jamie Noble and Nidia. Yeah, yeah, a little bit from yeah. about two thousand two, maybe. Like yeah, they uh, yeah they had that whole slightly trashy gimmick thing going on, and they were always like drinking Just- and. The story yeah. with Cody Dina is because Cody Dina did end up wrestling at one point, but he won like a thing where he got a date with ODB or whatever, you know, okay. and then he ended up being kind of like a valet to her and stuff. And like, you know, he'd try and pick her up when she'd win and he couldn't do it. And then she'd end up picking him up and grabbing his ass and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it, it was a really good gimmick. I like ODB. She actually now, she um, runs a mobile food truck. Um I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she does. She runs a, a mobile food truck um all around a specific area. I'm not sure whereabouts it is, but um yeah, ODB turns up at people's houses in their streets and here and there um with a barbecue mobile barbecue food truck. Um do you know what ODB stands for? Is it one dirty bitch? It is one dirty yeah. bitch. <laughs> yes, yeah, <I> so. <laughs> so I mean this was I mean, and let's talk about Daphne as well. Because we've been watching WCW shows. We've been um, covering those for a little while on the podcast and that. And and Daphne was a big part of the um, David Flair. Um, was it David Flair? David Flair, Crowbar, yeah, that sort of That's later right, David Flair, yeah. WCW and, stuff. You know, yeah. They, there was like a, a stretcher match, I remember, they had with Crowbar, Flair, Daphne. Um, it was involved and it was quite a crazy one. Um, and Daphne, she, she's been around, man. Um, she, you know, great. I was even talking about, you know, trying to get her on the podcast because she would have seen some shit, man. She'd been, you know, in mid to late nineties, early two thousands, WCW, which was a a pivotal time in that promotion. And then, you know, she'd, um, she'd had quite a run, in TNA as well. She'd been doing a few bits. Um, she'd been paired up with some crazy people in TNA. So, yeah, I mean, she, she's she been around. Daphne was an old hand, really. Um, she ended up injuring herself, I'm pretty sure, quite badly at one point. Uh, she was also a European, born in Germany. Okay. Yeah. Bit of pointless information there. <laughs> From this, I, it, from this, I can finally figure out that Don West is playing heel on commentary. Yeah, it's it's a dynamic for me that doesn't work because Don West is too he's a little bit too overbearing to play like his his voice carries far too much for him to play a heel. He's not any like any sort of jabs he's taken are not subtle enough for like it's it's too play-by-play guys it's not a co-commentator thing it's like it just yeah, yeah it doesn't seem to work for me. yeah tonight's definitely a play-by-play guy ain't he he's definitely yeah. um 
you know, even for, like we say, from our WCW uh, reviews in the past, you know, Mike Tanay would always pop up when the cruiserweights would come. Um, or if there was yeah, the Japanese. Uh, the Japanese, win, the cruiserweights, yeah, because yeah, he was a play-by-play guy. He knew the moves, you know. Um, this match is not that good. Oh, no, it's pretty dog shit. You know, you've yeah. got... Um, you've got... I mean, it, it, the... The aspect of it is, I, I, I mean, I don't really see what the point was apart from just to get people, just to get have a female match on the card. There's no real well, they, story. Yeah, they would already have on. one later on in their championship match, but this, yeah, this feels like it was a bit of filler, and it was a bit, it's too early for filler because it's after your first match. But, yeah. Um, again, TNA booking wise. I'm not sure who's in charge at this point. Who's running things? Who's booking I, this shit? I swear fucking Russo was there. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm going to... I don't want to dog, dog Russo out, man. No, no, no but I mean, Russo was there um, at, at one point. Um, yeah, he does. He does do a few stints there. Um, Cornette also does a couple of goes. Scott Damore takes charge for a bit. Um. I think Dutch Mantel has a run there as well. Yeah, Dirty Dutch was there. Um, yeah, I mean, Russo. So this, the, uh, Russo was there from 2006, 2009. Ah, okay. Um, Dutch Mantel was there at this time. Yeah. So uh, he may have just left um, summer 2009. So yeah, he was still there. So Russo and Dutch Mantel were booking this. Oh, this is yeah, this is April two thousand nine, isn't it? So, yeah. So I don't know who else. I can't um, tell yet. April the nineteenth. April nineteenth. Yeah. So you've got yeah. So I mean, we definitely know it was Dutch Mantel and uh, Vince Russo at this point. Um, um Jarrett, oh, Jarrett, I would say was booking as well. Oh yeah, sure. Um. Um. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm that save save a lot of people the trouble of this match, to be honest, because they. There's a few bits and pieces here and there. It's nothing special. ODB then has, has a swig from a flask and starts hulking up. So whatever's in there, it could be some Ico Pro shake. I would say it was. Like yeah. Lex Luger last week with the white chocolate Ico Pro shakes. Correct. Um, it's likely to be Ico Pro, like some sort of vodka concoction. Yeah. <laughs> she starts, it hulks her up anyway. Uh, she then has another swig from the flask and spits in Sojourner Bolt's face. Yeah. Hits with a power slam. We got a free count. It's done. Yeah. So Sojourner Bolt, I think it was a play on um, Usain Bolt because I think she was Jamaican or West Indian. Oh, Lord. So it was like Sojo Bolt was what they were selling. Yeah. I mean, she was quite a tall lass. She could have been a lot better, but she was green as fuck. Yes. Um, but you're, you're missing the boob splash, bro. You're missing the move set of ODB. So she does she does this thing where she goes, bam! Oh, yeah. where she like slap her boobies and then she'd like run into them, splash the boobies, do like this kind of fall away slam. And then for a, a lass of her size, doing a kip up, bro, as well. She did the kip up. Um, yeah, she was good, man. Good. I like ODB. OD, yeah, ODB does get the win. She lets uh, Cody give her a motorboat special. Yeah, it's uh, so great. She thought it's it's more like me too. She kind of grabs his face and like yeah, there's rubs no it in uh, there. yeah. He didn't have a choice in that matter, but he <laughs> loved it. 
You can tell by his little face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett has arrived. Um, it's, uh, yeah. But no Samoa Joe. Yeah, there's no Samoa Joe yet. It's a quick, it's a quick bounce around, really, because it was straight into our next match, which is the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. That's New Japan's tag team titles, or the, the cruiserweights, essentially. Yeah. But not really, because one of the guys in this match is a monster. Yeah, fucking. Uh, because Hernandez. it's uh, it's LAX, it's the Latin American Exchange, Homicide and Hernandez. Um. In a in a triple threat again, it's too many gimmick matches, man. Triple threat tag team cage match <laughs> against No Limit, which is Tetsuya Naito and Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, Naito is doing big things in New Japan at the moment. Takahashi is not. Um, and also, they're a great team. No Limit, by the way, I like No team. Limit. A and, great uh, team. The uh, yeah against the champions, the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Who um, the young bucks wish they fucking were. True that. Um, <laughs> but so far, I've had suicide, homicide, machine guns, and a suspicious-looking vest. What's and going on? No, 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 there's no limit. <laughs> that should have been their theme music. Yeah, man. Should have had some cheesy Dutch trance. Um, Hernandez reminds me of another big hoss that we know and love, Mr. Skip himself. Shout out yeah, to Skip, as always. Wonder if he taught Hernandez some moves, because there's some pretty good stuff in there. Um, my problem with Hernandez in this match is that he should not be selling for these junior heavyweights. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, a couple of the tag team moves from the Motor City Machine Guns took him out um, a couple of times. But yeah, I mean, he does... But he does throw some people around, bro. Um, he does, you know... He does and this is. He's got a move called the border toss, right? That is incredible, that is. It's so crazy, you know what I mean? These are like illegal immigrants doing the border toss. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's crazy, man. But, I mean, uh, to be fair to you, I, I, I like I like LAX. Um, Naito I had some good moves in this as well. Like, don't get me wrong, he was he, they were playing to his strengths. But, yeah, was, yeah uh, Hernandez was the star of the show by far, like... He's, uh, you know, he does a, a belly to belly against the cage on Chris Sabin, and <laughs> Chris Sabin has no protection. No, it's all. crazy. He just, you know, he's going into that cage no matter what because Hernandez is throwing him the fuck into it. They pushed him. They pushed him for singles. You know, Hernandez. Uh, they had to. He was. They, he was over. Like that was it. He was so over with the, but, with the live crowd anyway. The the only problem is I just don't think he was good enough to hold his own in singles, unfortunately. Um, Because I, I, like I say, I've watched TNA for a very, very long time, years after this as well, and they pushed Hernandez for um, for singles, but he just couldn't really get a foot in. In really, it was it was it was tough for him Um, because I mean, like I say, he has everything. He had the look. He was strong. Um, He could work to a point, but I think he was just. He, he just really couldn't hold his own singles. No, that's and that's fine. Like he seems to, yeah, he has his he has his, his spot on the show, and he has does his good moves, his big moves. The fans seem to love it. It's a good gimmick. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, he was the star of this one. Like the fans loved him. Oh, they yeah, they loved him, but they 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 do love the machine guns as well. The production has fallen apart in this match, though. 
because we're starting to miss things. The shots, yeah. There's a few things. There's a few matches that happen as well where they miss. I got a lot um, to say about production later on, and you know. Well, it. even even in the last match that we just had, right? Earl Hebner is standing around picking his ass, and he misses the first pinfall. He's just standing there looking with That's his, amazing. you know, in one direction. You have got someone on the floor there with a, you know, trying to do a pinfall. It's the first one of the match, and he's standing there picking his bum. He don't know what's going on. He's in a different world, mate. He's thinking of all the money he's made off stolen merch. <laughs> All the money he was probably going to make after writing a book about screwing Brett. You know what I'm saying? Fuck. <laughs> World's worst referee. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a decent match. I think I feel like it should have gone longer. There was more to it, but again, you see bits of this and like you. I've read a lot about TNA. I've never really watched a lot. I'll be honest. I've read a lot, and it was always a case of you know. The wrong, the wrong matches going longer than the good matches. And this definitely looks like a case of that because yeah. the, the, the moves are good, the fans are into it. And just as you know, you think you've got yourself a decent match here, not, you know, not saying it's a classic by any means, but they cut it, they cut it short. And it's like, oh man, I was enjoying that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was a good match for that. It had Probably some good um a case of not reading the audience. Yeah, it was a good good some some good tag team moves because it's three good teams really, you know. There were some hard hitting moves, some yeah. good stuff going on. I mean, homicide's pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of these guys had worked in Ring of Ring of Honor and places like that as well. Um and I think they also pushed um Alex Shelley and Chris Saban for singles as well at one point. Um, they were the X Division champions individually. Did, did one um, of them become world champion? Did what? Did one of them become world champion? I th- I think so. I think Chris Saban? Sabin. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think Chris Sabin did. As you can um, see, because, my TNA knowledge is on the floor, people. So. Well, because I think one of them was injured for a long, long time. One of them was out for a long time. I think it was Alex Shelley was out for a long time. And they pushed Sabin on the singles. But, uh, but yeah, the, gun, mean, the guns win this as well. Sorry, yeah, the the Motor City Machine Guns, you know, or Michigans, yeah, yeah, call them. They, yeah, it was good. It was a decent finish as well. They do the Made in Detroit, which was like the sliced bread power bomb thing off the top, which is a pretty good move. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, as I say, the young bucks wish they could be the Motor City Machine oh, Guns. Boy, do they ever! Um, has anyone got any super kicks we can hand out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Lauren is backstage again with Abyss. Are they a couple here? No, they're not. No. Um, Abyss just want he, he keeps saying Lauren's his girlfriend, but she's not. Oh. Um, it's just because she actually cares about him to a point, oh, and then he, he kind of you know he just um, reads more into it. Abyss also let slip that he was abused by his dad. What a show this is turning out to be. Suicide, you know, homicide, machine guns, and now father abuse. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, the, the the story behind this as well, right? Because Abyss would... I mean, if, if you see on, on the back of his thing, it says Park, yeah? And Lauren calls him Chris. So his real name was Chris Park, right? And there's the, the alter ego of Abyss. And he's having, like counselling with a guy that is known as Dr. Stevie, right? 
So, yeah. So no one knows about this Dr. Stevie. And he keeps talking about Dr. Stevie. And he said, oh, Dr. Stevie said no more violence. You know, you need to stop using weapons and all this because it's destructive and all this kind of stuff. And he's got a match coming up with the DNA of TNA. Um, the cat, blue- yeah. The blueprint Matt Morgan, uh, who actually was in WWE for a short while, was he? Uh, yeah, beforehand, yeah, he uh, did uh, did some W. He was, he was, he. he I'm sure they almost teamed him up with like, oh, the Australian fella Nathan Jones. Oh fucking hell, yeah, they're like both that, yeah. equally bad workers as each other. Um, I mean, Matt Morgan could work better than Nathan Jones, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was um, good. I mean, Matt Morgan wasn't the greatest worker. And this, for me, I mean, you've got this little, this little, you know, interview with Lauren and Abyss is talking about, you know, how Dr. Stevie's told him, you know, not to use weapons and all that and all this shit. But the, the match is actually the Doomsday Chamber of Blood match. You love you a gimmick. What, you know what this reminds me of? Go on. The Carson City Silver Dollar on a Pole match. You know, or the Mexican death match in Iowa or whatever it was. Yeah, with two non-Mexicans. Um, yeah, it just, it, it's, it's, it's another gimmick too far. Yeah, see, the gimmick of the match is, right, you cannot pin your opponent unless they're bleeding. So you can't beat them unless they're busted yeah. open. So I remember this. You know, you, you have to draw blood in order to beat your opponent. So within literally fucking minutes of this match um you have a, a kind of a weird kind of chair shot thingy where you know abyss is holding the chair up matt morgan does the big boot cracks it into his face and that and he he, he blades himself literally to you know to fuckery he, he you the, know the, one of the funniest things about this was watching matt morgan not be able to find any plunder under the ring Oh, it's great. When he first turns up and he's yeah. looking, he's like, you know, oh, he chucks a chair in. Yeah, I've got this Morgan chucks plunder in. He's looking for it under the ring, doesn't find it. Um, he literally finds like two chairs or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys used to be tag team partners. They paired them up. So, I mean, they could have been absolutely destructive in TNA together, Abyss and Matt Morgan. But then you had Abyss was taking advice from Dr. Stevie um, and telling him not to be violent. So in one one Dr. breath, he was Dr. like Dr. violent, then he was like, no, I can't do it. And they were, ended up arguing, and then they had to split, and this is where we are now. Um, it's, yeah, this is bladed already. Um, Matt Morgan brings in um, a bag of broken glass. Clearly sugar glass. Who, who, who bags up broken glass? Annie Lennox. Because she likes to walk on it. You know? Fair enough. There we go. <laughs> and that is, um, our, that is our, you know, random British reference of the week. We've got Lennox. Annie Lennox this week. Fucking hell. Hyacinth, I don't even know I'm doing it after time. It's gone from Hyacinth up. Bucket or Bouquet to <laughs> Les Dennis. And, uh, we had Dion Annie Dublin Lennox. one week. What's that? We had Dion Dublin one week. Yeah, we Dion Dublin. We've had Core Blimey. Yes, right. <laughs> Um, I'm, I've, I've got. I'm gonna. I'm referring to my notes because this match is weak. It is. It just feels oh, like terrible. There's a ref yeah. bump. Um, Abyss smashes the glass. There's the finger quotes into Matt Morgan's face. He blades. 
Dr. Stevie finally turns up. And as if it wasn't a big secret already, you know, if you can't guess who Dr. Stevie is, then I suggest you just turn it off. Like, don't worry about it. it. It's Stevie Richards. It's, you know, one of the innovators of the BWO. <laughs> <laughs> and Stevie gets a decent pop. I'll give you that. He gets a good pop, man. He gets it. You know, even that when they're selling it in commentary, they're like, that's that's Stevie Richards. That's Dr. Stevie. It's like, yeah, of course it is. As soon as you see him, you're like, that's Dr. Stevie. We know. I mean, we haven't Um, even covered any of the right to censor stuff, which I thought was some of Stevie's best work. It's good shit, man. But Um, um, yeah, Stevie Richards is here. Um, It gets some ECW chance. They they fade pretty quickly, though. Like, I think they are definitely in the wrong building in Philly. They just, I think, Whoever was booking this said, "Yeah, let's go to Philly. Let's book a small building in Philly." What you mean the bingo hall? No, nah, it doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter. Just just pick one. Like, just pick one. Just yeah. Pick a building. Should have been the bingo hall. Um, Abyss has thumbtacks. Stevie attacks Abyss. Um, Abyss ends up on the uh, on the tax, and Matt Morgan wins. It's it's garbage, man. Like, I'm sorry. It was it was two bad blading jobs. Um, a quite a, a, a cool visual of um, Abyss, like with his head over the glass and the blood just dripping all over the glass. the glass. Yeah, that was, um, that was all right. That looked quite cool. And then Abyss with a bit of the glass smashes it into Morgan's head. Uh, it was quite cool. But both the blading jobs, there's there's more blading to come that was terrible as well. It there's gets just worse, a lot yeah, of, from what I remember. A lot, I of blood, a lot of blood in this event. You know, it's like. Instead of blading, just nicking, you know, it's like they literally just gone, fuck it, let me just cut open my forehead. Like, literally, they're just, ah, da, da, da. It's like they were worried they weren't going to bleed enough. So everyone that has cut yeah. themselves in this thing has just completely massacred themselves. Um, um, crazy. The second best JB around, Jeremy Borash. And, you know, he is the second best JB because, let's face it, I'm here. That's um, right. Is with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, apparently, Jeff Jarrett is going to do the right thing. Jarrett goes to leave out of a door, a random door, and Samoa Joe is standing there with no shirt on and a knife. Yeah. What is going on on this show? Oh, I don't think anyone knows. It's it's so so many references to to you know evil evil things like suicide and homicide and machine <laughs> guns and. <laughs> suicide vests like, and now Samoa Joe is standing with a you know some sort of blade yeah I, I, yeah like, what a crazy show this is um, I mean it doesn't reach the levels of sold out which had to be seen to be believed you know and you can check that out on our YouTube channel or on anywhere else that you get your podcasts that's right <laughs> episode 19 yeah um yeah, it is a what is a weird show, man. Like it's just so much going on in such a short amount of time. But we move on to our next one. It's the video promo of the Knockouts Triple Threat match, the Knockouts Championship. Sorry, and it's Angelina Love with Velvet Sky, the beautiful people we alluded to earlier. A team that would have been just fine in the WWE as well. Like they could have done it, done that gimmick anywhere, and it would have worked. They did. They were so good at it. It, it, it really 
it really bothered me as well that I mean, because the beautiful people, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, they were in TNA for a long, 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 long time. Um, and I'm pretty sure like Angelina Love's in NWA now, is, is she? she? I don't know. Um, or she's she's still wrestling. I don't know if Velvet Sky is, but those two were just absolute gold. You know, they Velvet had it Sky all. Velvet Sky is now married to Barbara Ray Dudley. Is that right? Really? I think so. Oh, shit, son. Yeah. Damn. Fucking hell, Bubba. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Um, fucking fair play. I didn't know that. Um, um, yeah. So, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky. Uh, she's with Velvet Sky. Velvet is not in the match. Uh, no. Against Taylor Wilde. Don't know a lot about Taylor Wilde, if I'm honest. And with our ch- against our champion, Awesome Kong, who is with Raisha Saeed. Who, Raisha Saeed, I'm pretty sure, was Daphne. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, I will double check that, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was um it was it was Daphne. Awesome Kong is still smarting from having her hair cut by the beautiful people, so she's got a big old axe to grind on them. Uh start of the match, love gets beaten down pretty quickly, and then Love and Wild figure out that the best way to do it is to double team Kong. Oh, you you know who um, Raisha Saeed was? Go on. Cheerleader Melissa. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Alicia Flash or Cheerleader Melissa. I knew it was um, I knew it was a wrestler. Um, that's a weird gimmick to, yeah, like. And and she used to speak. She used to. She had a weird accent. She was like, um, you know, like the kind of Arabic like the way she was speaking it was just really weird accents um, um that she would do but in parts of this match and i'll say this in parts because it's very brief parts awesome kong is dominant and it almost reminds me of a sort of later wwe brock lesnar the one that would just suplex everyone around and do whatever the fuck he wanted yeah it's it's crazy i mean i i really liked um Awesome Kong. She'd been uh, she'd been champion for a year at this point yeah. uh, of the last year and a half. And um, Taylor Wilde is a weird one because she's like a fucking midget, bro. She's so small. She's so little. She's like um, she was in the vein of like Mickey James. Um, yeah. And uh, what's her name? Um, the 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 Canadian WWE Trish Stratus. Okay. So she was like. You know, but she, but she was Canadian as well, wasn't she, Taylor Wilde? She was Canadian, yeah. yeah. Um, she's just so little, dude. She's like so little, and like they'll put. I think she'd beaten Awesome Kong, or she gave her a run for her money, and you just look at it like, fuck off, man. Like, you know, yeah, Amazing Kong, Awesome Kong. She would just eat eat you alive. Um, Kong tries a somersault splash from the top. Almost looks like a Harlem Hangover. Yeah, it's great. Crowd, crowd love it, man. Like, and I thought it was pretty they good too. To, yeah. yeah. Um, and then this is where it gets a little bit, uh, a little bit screwy. Um, the beautiful people then tie what's left of Awesome Kong's braids around the cage, like in the end of the cage, they just tie her up with their hair. It's, uh, it's so weird. But then it's we get, because the week before they cut. Yeah, go on. They. Like the uh, Raisha says, trying to untie Kong. Taylor Wilde walks up to Kong, 
gets kicked in the stomach, and then Love rolls her up for a win. Well, well, doesn't even roll her up. No, what happens yeah. is this is where there's an issue. If you watch it again, right? If you watch it back, so they've they've cut they cut Awesome Kong's hair her braids last week because they were doing this thing like the beautiful people they were giving people make makeovers and cutting people's hair and all that um i mean it's a great little stable madison rain angelina love and velvet sky they started bullying madison rain it was kind of like the mean girls kind of gimmick you know like um the movie don west Um, was very into the beautiful people it was almost uncle jerry style it was very close to uncle he said two of the best butts in the business um, yeah. Because Velvet Sky used to do this thing every single week without fail, where she would straddle the middle rope and then point to the camera to look at her ass, and, and then she would wiggle. do like a, a wiggle on the on the rope and that. But she'd actually just point like the camera, and the camera would go round away. Very Uncle Jerry. Um, but this is you know ten, eleven years ago, or whatever. But um, so th- what had happened is, yeah, the tied Velvet Sky had tied. Uh, awesome Kong's hair to the thing, but if you watch what happens, Taylor Wilde, she um, goes to the top. Okay, she goes to the top of the turnbuckle. Velvet Sky turns round, and as she does, as Taylor Wilde does the cross body off the top, Angelina Love jumps into it to make it look good, but when she comes down, her head hits the mat, yeah. and she knocks herself out. She knocks herself out for a good couple of minutes because then Taylor Wilde does a two count and she just, there's no not way, even, if you watch it. A, not even a close she, two count. She, no, she doesn't even move. Angelina yeah. Love does not even move and Taylor Wilde has to kind of jump off of her and you're like, right, hold on a minute. Like she didn't even kick out, it was a two count and then there's a little bit of talking and then she does another two count and then she jumps up again. Angelina Love literally don't move. They're panicking. And then basically Taylor Wilde picks her up. Yeah, kind of, you can see her pick her up and get her in like a rear headlock. She's like talking to her, talking to the referee. And then they do something where there's like a, yeah, like she kind of drops drops her, goes over to Awesome Kong, gets kicked in the belly and then thingy, and then Angelina Love like rolls yeah. her up. So that is why that finish was a little bit hacky. because it's, there yeah, was a, It's a very tame finish to a match that was slowly yeah. heating up. It was slowly heating up, and it, but that that was what happened. There was an injury to Angelina Love. You could see she was fu- she was she was spaced out, man. She was absolutely she was not with it. There was two two counts that she kicked out of, but didn't kick out of. She didn't move. So if you watch it back again, you can see our uh, our poor interviewer Lauren gets probably the, her hardest gig of the night here. She's with Team 3D in amongst fans. At a bar, yeah, like with at a, beers. Yeah, with beer and stuff, and and cheap pops. Oh man, the, it's cheap pop city. This is. <laughs> it's they fun, yeah. are going for it. They, the count is off the charts, and this is what we are all about. It is cheap pops all over the place. They do mention it's a homecoming for them, you know, because it's Philly, all of that stuff. You Philadelphia know, street fight, baby. Philadelphia. Right, you know what I mean. It is a Philadelphia street fight. Um, the promo vid that comes on afterwards is better than the interview. Like, the, oh, it's good, yeah. The promo video about, and this seems to be a recurring theme with Tino. They are clearly working on these on this production thing, which is going really well. Um, and 
it is the TNA and the IWGP tag team titles. Both of them are up for grabs here. They're both champions. I think uh, Team 3D are champions in New Japan. And Beer Money, why, does, why is it Beer Money Incorporated? Why did they have to be, be Money Inc.? Be, like, because um, Robert Roode was like this Wall Street kind of guy. Yeah. With money. Yeah. So he was like your Wall Street kind of guy. And then you had Cowboy James Storm who would who would be drinking beer all the time. But so I, it was I get them being beer money, but why did it have to be beer money ink? Yeah, no, I thought that because it's you know, lit, because obviously everyone's aware of money ink, yeah, who money was ink. Yeah. million dollar man, Ted DBOC and IRS who were coming to collect your taxes. Um so, yeah, it was a weird one, Beer Money Incorporated. Um, but I like the team, to be fair. Um, it, they, they were pretty good. They were good um, good champions. Quick, quick question before we, before we move on. Um, do you think uh, Money Inc. is secretly fronting the British government right now? Money Inc., probably. Everybody's got a price and everybody's <laughs> got to pay. So Sorry, it wouldn't surprise me. But it would it wouldn't be the million dollar man. It would be WCW's later iteration of the trillion dollar man. It trillionaire be, Ted. Yes, it would be trillionaire right. Ted that would be fronting them right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is a it's a Philadelphia street fight. It's Beer Money Incorporated. Uh, sorry, I have to say it like that. <laughs> uh, Bobby Roode and James Storm against Team 3D, Dudley Boys to everyone else. Um, they are milking brother, this Philly thing. Brother Ray, yeah, brother D. Milking this Philly thing until it till it dries up. Um, and this is where I lose the plot because we've got the fucking double screen because they fight off into the crowd. Uh, it makes me long for the nasty boys and the public enemy again. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really. Um, <laughs> it Crab doesn't, cam. Doesn't. Um, Crab cam. Yeah. Um, the camera work is bad as well, which doesn't help. The fans, are, the fans want tables. Um, you know, that's all they're it, chanting for at the minute is we want tables. It annoys me because as soon as the match starts, okay, the because the, the, you've got the slick Johnson, the referee in the ring, and you've got your man Hebner outside. They switch. Yeah, but what it is, even when the match starts, they do like a a high five with the belts and then the belts get thrown all over the floor oh, and no one ever picks them up. The belts remain in the ring for the whole match. A little bit disrespectful. Disrespectful, bro, because you're trying to build up that this is your unifying tag team match, yeah? So Slick Johnson, as soon as they threw the belts on the floor, should have gathered all of them up and then given them to someone because they literally, I shit you not, they stay in the ring on the floor, strewn around for the whole match. Yeah. The whole match. Cool. It just annoys me. And they're the IWGP, um, you know, International Wrestling Grand Prix fucking New Japan titles, man. Yeah. And your fucking TNA titles as well. Treat them with respect. Someone pick them up. It's a bit Someone of, yeah, put a them in the ringside. Disrespect side. there. I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, despite. What um, Bubba says, saying that you know they're going to bleed and all that stuff. Bubba is the only one that blades. Yeah, and he does a shit job of it as well. Yes. Um, you know, um, it's it's bad. Again, it's a, it's another blade job in this this uh, this show, which just doesn't seem to want to stop. Um, 
Devon gets suplexed through a table, which is, you know, it's a bit, I wouldn't say it's different for one of them to go through a table, but, you know, it's not what you're expecting. Uh, you get a really good bubble bomb from the top rope. Oh, it's lovely. The I way it was that. sold as well. It's great. But you missed the two count because they're showing a fucking replay. Yeah, that's another thing. Yep. Yeah, Cameraman. Yep. Like, again, like, the production is just, just slightly off, which it, it bugs me to no end because you're trying to watch something, you know, it's a really high-impact move. He's clearly going to go for the fucking pin. Just show us the two count. Don't you know? You can show us the replay anytime. You can split screen it like they used to do with the old double feature on the uh, the WWF. But like, yeah, you missed well, it completely. The split screen lasted all of about two minutes, and then they never show it again in the match. Yeah, don't worry, you get it back. Which later. is good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything yet. Um, we get a doomsday device by uh, Team 3D, which is quite cool. Um, you know, Legion of Doom, LOD, you know, Road Warrior stuff, you know, it's all pretty, uh, it's pretty relevant again at the moment because uh, Animal passed away, Joe Laurinaitis. Um, also, last night at Bound for Glory, Tommy Dreamer was in the uh, Battle Royal and he came out with the animal face paint and an animal t shirt on, so it's pretty fun. I thought Tommy Dreamer was working with WWE. No, he's uh, he's currently in in Impact Wrestling, I guess. Shit, man. Working, I mean, he was. I think he's working a feud with Brian Myers or formerly Kurt Hawkins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we do get the uh, the obligatory shout for Devon to go and get the tables. Why does Bubba never get the tables? I don't know. Lazy. Um. Yeah. It's uh, people have. Uh, the, I, I swear there was an angle where there was someone tried to play up between them and said, "Why is it you've always got to get the tables? What is that about? You know, why doesn't he ever get the tables? You know, I can't remember who it was. It was someone who tried to like, you know, get in between them. But, um, yeah, they do get the tables. It's a three D through the table, three uh, D win. Um, it's not a great match, but it's fine. You know, it's not it's long. Right. Yeah. And it is the 22-time World Tag Team Champions, Team 3D slash Dudley Boys. That's an incredible amount, though. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, they've, they've literally won them everywhere. I'm surprised they've not uh, reformed and snuck back into AEW. <laughs> well, um, it, it actually... Bubba Ray Dudley recently compared Orange Cassidy to Brian Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was on Corny's thing. And Corny said, the only reason I can think that Bubba Ray Dudley would be putting him over like that is because Orange Cassidy owes him shitload of money and he needs him to keep working so he can pay it back. Um, To our (laughs) wonderful listeners who download this every time we're on or every week if we can you didn't see it my uh, my head was in my hand because someone just tried to compare Orange Cassidy to Daniel Bryan yeah much like the Osprey Owen Hart comparison that is a fucking joke 
It's offensive, really. It, it's a little bit offensive, actually. It's offensive. It hurts our feelings when they make such stupid comparisons. Yeah. Um, oh, God, that was awful. Um, the second best JB around, Jeremy Borash again. He's with uh, the main event Mafia this time, who are sitting pretty comfortably in that uh, locker room. Nice plush sort of area for them to chill. Uh, Kurt Angle mm-hmm. says they're going to win using their heads. They know they're older. They know it's a pretty good promo, actually. Yeah, he knows that they're older. He knows these guys that these guys are you know, younger, faster, even stronger. But they're going to win using their using their noodle. And uh, yeah, I was quite impressed with that. Kurt was. Uh, I know Kurt recently said in interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin that he wasn't always switched on when he was in TNA. He was taking a few things and doing a few things. But yeah, this is this looks like a pretty uh, intense Kurt Angle. Love Kurt, love it. I also I also like the um, the bit where he talks about Scott Steiner and he says, "Yeah, people people are saying that Scott just." shouldn't be in a ring or whatever and all this. And he's, you know, and then he, just the look on Steiner's face when he says shit and he's like, and then and then Angle just turns around and goes, but he's had some of his best matches of his career in TNA, you know, yeah. or whatever, switches um, it. I, I don't think he had, but... No, he hadn't. No, Holly, if you hear me. I mean, we've spoken about some of Scott Steiner's best work. Yeah. Uh, in the tag team stuff anyway. And some of that is, again, you can... Catch that Super Bowl 1991 if you want yeah, to go, Sting was involved go back in and that. check yeah. it out. The uh, match yeah. of the year, yeah. Um, this this is Lethal Lockdown, which is for anyone that's never seen it because I hadn't. It's very similar to War Games, but with one ring. Uh, War Games would be two rings with the cage, uh, and two people would start, and then one person from each team would come in at couple of minutes interval um yeah this is it's lethal lockdown it's t- team angle or the main event mafia kurt angle booker t scott steiner and kevin nash against jeff jarrett asia styles christopher daniels samoa joe it's i mean the yeah, for name value it's massive oh i for the I, time it's just a it's a couple of years past its sell by date yeah i mean I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we'll get on to <laughs> we'll get on to some of the participants as we go, but yeah. um, they're still trying to play up this whole thing that Jarrett's going to screw them. They're, they're playing it yeah. up through the whole it's... thing um, because obviously it's supposed to be the team captains at start. So initially when they first go in, it should well, be. Well, doesn't. That's right. Yeah, it's supposed to be team Angle, so Angle goes in first, and it's team Jarrett, so Jarrett should have gone in first, but it ends up Jarrett coming in last, and uh, Christopher Daniels goes in first. The man with possibly the worst moustache in wrestling history. Christopher Daniels? Yes. This is disgusting. (laughs) This is bad. (laughs) It's very 70s, it's long, it's... It's just yeah, it's just really bad. I don't know who. It looks a bit like the old fucking crotch grabbing guys. What's his name? We don't like mentioning him because he's been fucking me tooed. Because he's a fucking deviant. Yeah. Joey Ryan. But, yeah, Joey Ryan. It looks yeah. a bit like Joey Ryan's moustache. Um, I'll, 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 you know what? I'll do Christopher Daniels a solid. It's better than Joey Ryan's moustache. Okay. Yeah. No. Great. 
because yeah fuck Joey Ryan right (laughs) 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 the wrestling's good here Daniels and Angle they're you know they're working five minutes to start with yep and the wrestling's just fine like it's something something you expect of Angle something someone of Angle and Daniels to like to work like they're just just working really smooth and really well. Like there's nothing it's good in it. Yeah. It's just good. Yeah, it's, it's, if you didn't have a cage around it, it would be the start of a really good wrestling match. It was just, yeah, it was just, um, Booker T is out next for the, uh, main event mafia. They're going to double team, obviously. Um, and then the, the intervals get short. I think it's down to two minutes. Yeah, so they have the first two go at it for five minutes, then someone comes in, then every two minutes later, someone else joins. Yeah. Um, yeah, Booker T is out. They double-team Crystal Daniels. Then AJ Styles comes out, and uh, they take over for a little bit. And then our ICO Pro Award winner. 100%, dude. I've got him down Take as the winner, too. And yep. home, again, uh, he's, he's never not going to win if he's on the show. That's right. But, if he's there, he takes it home. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he, I think at this point, he's, he lives for the award. It's all he had at this point. Um, it's, I mean, uh, there's a story as well of Steiner. I mean, they talk about um, Kevin Nash nearly dying of a staph infection in his elbow. He had a really bad staph infection and uh, apparently nearly died. Um, but fucking Scott Steiner had like a fucking collapsed windpipe or something, yeah. a trachea. Um, injury really bad he had another staph infection as well Steiner nearly died in like Puerto Rico somewhere I'm pretty sure he was in a a hospital in Puerto Rico or you know Peru or somewhere for a long long time very very ill and uh, these guys have got like nine lives man yeah it feels like it's all the Ico Pro it's it's all them shakes man he's uh... yeah Steiner comes down, he cleans house, he hits a top rope Frankensteiner, a man of that size and that <laughs> age. Jesus, man. Like, and yeah, people pop for that, definitely. Um, and the push ups. He does and, the yeah, push ups. Scott Steiner and Booker T do some push ups in the ring. Um, so good. Samoa Joe doesn't come out straight away. He's talking with someone. Yeah. Like, he eventually comes out when his music hits again and he, his outfit's hilarious. He's wearing pajamas. It looks like it definitely looks like he's in his, in his PJs. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he's uh, yeah, he, he sort of helps out team Jarrett. Kevin Nash gets jumped by Joe before he gets into the ring. At this point, the match is a mess. It is what started out as a good wrestling match with Angle and Daniels has just turned into a bit of a cluster. I mean, Nash is also, he's fucked at the moment. Um, Yeah. He's absolutely fucked. He he should, Nash shouldn't be out there at all. Uh, He should be resting up. Um, AJ Styles hits these Pele, which is just amazing. Um, His Pele kick. Uh, It annoys me how Americans say Pele. Um, because yeah. it's um, Bele. Um, but yeah, it's um, like a bicycle kick thing, which is great. Um, Christopher Daniels hits his BME, the best moonsault ever. Good stuff. Um, um, Jarrett is last out for Team Jarrett, which could be seen as a smart move because, you know, he's fresh or whatever. 
the yep. roof come roof gets lowered down onto the cage this is you know new to me because i've not seen this stuff before and then tna you know i've i've moaned about double screens i've moaned about world war <laughs> three with the triple screen it's the sextuple screen six, six. fucking screens six and sides of steel equals six screens baby six screens of nonsense that's right. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Why would you put up six screens to just fuck with people? <laughs> uh, it's like someone must have looked at World War Three and gone, yeah, remember when they did three rings, three cameras? Yeah, it went really well. How can we top it? Obviously right. double it. Double, obviously, obviously double it. Obviously, dude. Why would you not? Why would you not oh. have six screens? And And the fact is you're missing loads of shit that's going on because at this point... The roof has come down. Uh, double J's up on top of the roof, pulling down plunder. It's plunder, people, yeah, on the giving on it the roof, to the guys, yeah. and people but, are getting battered with bin lids and fucking everything. It's great. I, you should be there. When I was watching this, I immediately messaged Chris about this six screen yeah. bullshit, and all he did just, was laugh at me. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. I knew you'd love it. Like it, it was, it was something that I knew you would enjoy. Um, seeing that because literally you just sent me a screenshot of six the six things and I just was like yep yeah, he's loving it laughter it, it made at least, my it, at least you knew I was watching it and not just trying to pretend yeah just flagging <laughs> it like a book report you know like yeah no no I read it man like, <laughs> like it's some homework um, <laughs> that's right yeah it's yeah six screens aside yeah let's I'm trying to try to feel better about it there is lots of plunder hanging from the ceiling of the roof of this cage Kurt Angle and AJ Styles managed to get to the top of the cage because there's a little gap they can get through um, and then in the most random thing like AJ jumps through the top of the cage it's such a fucking dangerous bump oh it's fucking crazy dude the fact is as well if you see when he jumps through he cracks his hand and his wrist on the edge as he as he's coming through, and yeah. it's just like, ow, dude, that fucking hurt. You know that hurt, man. Ow. <laughs> I just, yeah, like we've seen people go through the top of a cage before, and it doesn't end well. It seems like a bump. It, I know they wanted a decent, you know, big time move for the match, and it it could have been something else. <laughs> AJ provided, yeah. Yeah, it could have been anything else. It didn't have to be that. But yeah, um, there's a decent pop for a spinneroni. Why wouldn't there be? It's a spinneroni. Yep. Um, Jeff Jarrett then has a guitar and he has Booker T and is it AJ? AJ, yeah. Yeah. Standing next to each other. He teases for a second he's going to hit AJ. Swerve, bro. On the already thought about swerve, he yep. hits Booker T. So. Yep. They're swerving the swerve. I don't get it. Because <laughs> Jarrett accidentally hits AJ yeah. um, with a chair previously. Um, and it, yeah, so because th they were obviously still pushing that maybe Jarrett was going to join the main event mafia, being one of these old guys or whatever. Because yeah. these guys are called the TNA originals, you know, like Daniels, AJ, Samoa Joe, and obviously Jarrett being the guy that apparently set it up with Dixie Carter or whatever. Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's a mad one. Like I do, I've got to shout out Samoa Joe's finishing move because yeah. it's 
Oh, the Muscle Buster. And it comes from uh, Japanese anime, um, Kiniku Man, where his, his finishing move is called the Kiniku Buster, because Kiniku in Jap- Japanese means muscle. His Kiniku Man means muscle man. And yeah, in the, in the cartoon, he gets people on the shoulders and then just sometimes jumps like fucking a million miles into the air, comes down spinning and fucking bam, crunches people in half. And Samoa Joe, he's been using that move for years and it's just great. I love it. It's one of my favourite finishing moves in wrestling. Um, AJ pins Booker T. That's it. Team Jarrett wins. The lights go out because Bobby fucking Lashley is here. Yep. I mean, our, our current... United States champion in WWE, part of a really decent group, the Hurt Business, is here in 2009 at lockdown with TNA. I think that he is just starting to do MMA as well. He he tried to, but he was a punk and probably couldn't do it. Um, he had a couple of wins. Did he really? Yeah, oh. he's um. He's I think also, there was at one point he was touted to fight King Mo. I'm not sure if that ever happened. It might have done. Like again, I, I lost touch have, of MMA a little while ago. Um, uh, Bobby Lashley, no. sorry, Bobby Lashley could have quite easily been our Ico Pro winner at one point. He he doesn't whip the shirt off though. We're not sure what is what's going no, on. No, that's right. But I've seen Bobby Lashley over the years because he was in TNA a couple of times. He went and then came back and then he'd been at WWE and then yeah. came back. And sometimes you look at Bobby Lashley, like look at Bobby Lashley now and tell me man ain't on the juice. Uh, I mean, again, those Ico Pro shakes, man. You can't just it's, it's true. you can't just say it's the juice every time. It could be, you know, them shakes. They're could pretty be good. that Ico Pro, man. Yeah. Like we should never discount the shakes and the supplements that you get from taking such a wonderful sort of, you know, it's true. system. I, t- I tell I you, I, I don't know if I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I always feel to talk about it because it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life. And it is... Um, Bobby Lashley has a 15 win and two loss record in MMA. Does he really? Jesus, man. Fucking hell, fair play. Um, yeah, sorry, about this documentary, when we're talking about the juice, yeah? Um, I might have talked about it, but it's called Bigger, Faster, Stronger, The Side Effects of Being American. Is that a Netflix doc? No, it was done by a guy called Chris Bell, okay. whose brothers were in WWE, um, oh, Mike yeah. Bell. And uh, yeah, so and Mike Bell, unfortunately, is not with us anymore, but... Um, is a really, really good documentary about uh, wrestling, about weightlifting, and generally about steroids in sports. And um, it's bloody brilliant. And I suggest everybody watches that documentary and show Chris Bell some love because it is one of the best put together documentaries in, in that I've ever seen. And I watch it all the time because it's got loads of wrestling in it obviously because they were grew up being wrestling fans and then yeah. you know hogan talking about take your vitamins drink your milk and then obviously they found out that man was on the juice um you so forgot about the power of prayer as well there. the power of prayer as well obviously um so yeah in it's just a really really good documentary about i know we mock it most weeks in a way where we talk about steroids and stuff like that where we talk about ico pro but you know we as a documentary goes on the subject, it's very enlightening. And, um, 
you know, steroids has been made out to be this deadly thing and, you know, it kills people and all this, but it probably isn't the steroids that are killing people. It's probably a, a hell of a lot of other shit that's actually killing them. So watch that documentary, guys. It is very enlightening, very funny, um, very well done. It talks about Arnold and all that kind of stuff. And it's bloody good. So I'm just shout out to Chris Bell and one of my favorite documentaries of all time, bigger, faster, stronger, and the side effects of being American. It's almost main event time. It is. Lauren is with Sting. And Sting cuts the best promo of the night for me. Pretty um, good. I know it's I know it might be because of the little bit nineties with the with a little bit of shouting and getting a bit crazy, but Sting says to expect the unexpected. You know, he knows Foley's crazy, but he can get a little crazy himself. And indeed. This is yeah, this for me it's the best promo of the night. You know, I, things... I actually I actually think Foley's uh one after it actually equals it. Oh what with uh, with the second best JB. Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah, he's yeah, he says he's gonna rip Sting apart. It's it's uh yeah, it's it's good too, but I mean for me Sting is Sting one is a bit better. It is it's just where JB's talking is like, okay, so Mick Foley in terms of Mick, and then Foley just turns around and goes, oh, Mick, 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 Mick. Mick can't be here tonight. You know, it's fucking great, it's man. The way you just, Jack, yeah, yeah, it? he cuts him off. He's like, oh, Mick, 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 Mick. Mick is not here tonight. Um, you know, it's it's Cactus Jack, and um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed. I mean, I love Foley's, you know, promos for for years. He's just been the pinnacle, really. This this match, this um. This main event, it is the world title. It's in, it's in the cage. It's Mick Foley against our champion Sting. Now this, this just takes me back. It just, it takes me back to a, to an argument that people would have about WCW pushing older guys and not letting other people have a chance. Like this is TNA in two thousand nine, pushing these same guys ten years later. And people, people like, you know, roundly mock WCW for pushing guys, these same guys who were ten years younger. Like, what the fuck is going on there? Like, well, but nobody's mocking TNA on this one. No, but you know who would join TNA slightly after this? Hogan. Who right? would join? Fucking Bischoff, Hogan. Yeah. You know, it literally like Hogan came in with Eric Bischoff to TNA got rid of one of the biggest selling points of TNA, which was the six-sided ring, got rid of that, um, completely overhauled a load of shit, started taking over, was appearing in the ring every fucking week. Um, it's just... Doesn't he main event with Sting as well at some point? Dude, it's just... You know, Hogan... Fuck, man. You know, it, it's... um. I watched... I watched... Uh, a part of a shoot interview again with uh, Percy Pringle, AKA Paul Bearer. And he talks about how Hogan would just, he it would always have to be involved in shit. He would always have to be, you know, and he was talking about where he's, he, he was selling his neck and he taken never touched him and all that kind of shit. And it's like, yeah, we've Hogan, been, we've, we've touched on that once or twice, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, it's one of our episodes that we did, you know, it was the gravest challenge and it's like, Hogan Between that and his crying off to Jack Tunney. Yeah, like a punk bitch, you know, <laughs> and it's um it's just a recurring theme that everybody kind of knew that 
Hogan always had to just take over. He always yeah. had to be the centre of everything, whether it was valid or not, you know? But yeah, I've, I've already alluded to the point that Sting and Mick Foley were feuding in 1992. This is 2009. We are a million miles away from that. You know, Foley bumped all over the place for Sting in 1992. He, all over the show. It is a it is an incredible match if anyone's not seen it. It's Beach Blast, nineteen ninety two. It's WCW. Go and check it out. Um, I actually I actually said to Mick Foley, I was watching Beach Blast ninety two, and I, I as I was watching the match, I've watched it loads and loads of times. But this one particular night, I was just watching. I thought, fuck, man! Like Foley basically just said to Sting, "Do whatever you want to me." And I will just do it because he basically just gave his body to Sting on that night. He was bumping on the walkway. He was bumping on the yeah. concrete. He was bumping fucking in the crowd. He was bumping everywhere, man. And he did he obviously his jump off the apron, elbow drop onto the concrete and all that kind of shit. Like, damn. And I just, I just tweeted like fucking hell, man. You know, the real Mick Foley literally just gave Sting his body in that match. It was crazy. Like great match. And, I have, you know, in my notes because, you know, I'm writing down as I'm watching. I've got that Foley's already got a plaster over his uh, over his right eye. Mm-hmm. He's likely going to bleed. And as I'm writing that, I look up. And I have to have to go back to my notes and go, okay, he's cut already. Yeah, he busted himself open, he so he recut himself yeah. open with punches. Yeah, because he already had like a cut eye from something that happened previously, and he obviously had the plaster on it, and there were just literally probably had a little bit of glue on it or something. Yeah, and you know, literally just like da 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 da, doing the like classic Mick Foley. I love that classic da 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 da, and like you know, it cactus Matt. That is that's cactus Matt, and you know it. That's cactus Matt. It's the best blade job of the night, and he didn't even. And use a blade. Um, there's a yeah, there is the better one of the night. Um, there's a back suplex from the top rope. Like it's you know they're starting to work together quite nicely. Like for someone that retired in 2000, Mick, you know he still can go. Still got some some energy in the tank. Um, Sting starts to work the leg, and this is this was where it started to slow down for me. And I don't think it slowed down because they chose to slow it down. I think they had to. I think they were just, I think they were a little bit blown. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit sad. It was, it also reminded me of another WCW match, you know, Halloween Havoc. uh, I think it was 97 when Hogan and Piper did a cage match and they were, they were blown after about, about four or five minutes. Yeah. Jim Cornette alluded like really like ripped into like in one of his shoot commentaries when he was in the WWF. But yeah, they were, it looks like they've blown themselves up a bit. And, you know, when, when Mick Foley puts on the Scorpion Deathlock, it's a tired looking Scorpion Deathlock. Oh yeah, it's Very half tired. Yeah. Um, I do and like the I, way... St- sorry, I, at this point, it also looks like that dumbass referee, Earl Hebner, is going to call for the bell. I had this horrible feeling that he was just going to go ring the bell. Like I really thought this is where we were going. I thought we had scorpion, a screw job on our hands. Yeah, the scorpion deathlock is ultimately the sharpshooter. Yeah, 
and Hebner was sort of like in and out, in and out, and I'm like, he's going to call for the fucking bell here. Like, yep. I really thought that's what he was going to do. He doesn't, thank God. But then, <laughs> in the weirdest thing, like Mick Foley then drop kicks a cameraman. Oh yeah, it's great. I, I love that. I mean, you know, fair play for a little bit of innovation because I I didn't see that coming. It's because he couldn't, because his leg was fucked. Okay, he couldn't climb out the ring, and he yeah. kept saying to the ref, "Open the door, open the door." And he shoves the referee. So then he's looking for a way to get out. So the cameraman's got like a hole cut in the cage and he's there. So he kicks the cameraman out the way and then he tries to crawl out of the, the yeah. hole, which I thought was great. It looked really funny. Um, but it, it makes sense if he can't climb out because these are old guys. So maybe they're just using that as part of the stories. Like yeah, he's I mean, old, those, he's those camera sort of holes in the cage were pretty big. Yeah. Um, Sting then puts on the Scorpion Deathlock. The cam- Foley shouts at the cameraman to give him his barbed wire baseball bat. Yeah. The cameraman does it. Yeah. I just like, give me the bat. The cameraman could have just said, nah, you drop you just drop kick me, mate. Like yeah. <laughs> get your own fucking bat. That's right. <laughs> no, he does give him the bat. And Foley starts hitting at Sting's legs with it, which is I don't know, it's weird. Like yeah, granted, you're swinging a bat at someone's legs. That that's gonna be tough. But you've got barbed wire wraps around it. You're not gonna go for the head or the arm. Yeah, I think because he, like he was climbing out, he wanted to he wanted to yeah. level the playing field. I think and damage his knees or whatever. But then Sting gets the bat, and he starts wasting Foley with it. Now here's here's the bit that I wasn't sure of. It looks like Hebner blade Sting. I'll have to go back and check it, but I, it, yeah, it, it might have been, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it really looks like Hebner is the one doing the blading. Or maybe he gives him the, gives him the gimmick. It, it could have been, but from, from what I was watching, I was like trying to focus on it pretty intently. It just looks like Hebner's doing all the work there. Fucking hell, man. What it was, you think he's New Jack now? <laughs> Hebner thinks he's New Jack and he's going to start fucking busting people open. For anyone that doesn't know New Jack, look it up, man. Like he's he's got his own episode of Dark Side of the Ring for Christ's sake. Like that's how that's how crazy New Jack is. <laughs> this kid, this kid asked me to cut him, so I thought, fuck it, I cut him, I cut him from here to here. <laughs> um, Foley pulls out the sock. Um, the sock does not get a good reaction. Like the sock normally on any WWE show gets a good reaction at TNA. Yeah. Not interested. No, the pop weren't there. Um, and then they uh, they race. There's a race on to exit to get out of the cage. And Foley with reckless abandon just drops. Yeah. Just takes a bump to the floor. Fuck it, why not? But before um, that as well, the um, Socko gets they wrap the wire around the Socko and then he's punching Sting and that and he's you know, he, he gets the knee on his bat and he runs into him and yeah. smacks him in the face. That's when you reckon uh Hebner does the blade job. Yeah, it looks like Hebner blades him, yeah. He, he does the new jack. And then um yeah, it's weird because there's Foley chance then, and you don't really I wouldn't have thought that they would, you know, be I, I, I felt like I felt like the neither guy was playing too babyface or too heel, so it didn't really look like either one. It's of true. Them. I mean, Sting was supposed to be the heel though, because he's part of the main event mafia. So the angle they've gone with is now the main event mafia don't hold 
the you know the control card in TNA where they don't have the champion in the stable. No. Um, so Sting had had this belt for like eight or nine months or whatever, and then Foley comes in and takes it from him. Yeah. And yeah, Foley wins it. He uh, he just drops from, you know, Sting's climbing down carefully, and Foley thinks, "Fuck it, let's take a bump." <laughs> Sting does not sell a thing and just walks to the back. I yeah, it's a weird, a weird finish at this point. Is it? Like, I would have, I would have hoped for the main before. event mafia to come down and start giving him shit. I've seen things like this before when someone, when a champion loses or someone loses in a big like event and just like even when Jake the Snake like lost to the Undertaker at WrestleMania eight, he just sort of rolled out the ring and walked off to the back like that was it. Like, he knew he was done. It almost felt like Sting was finished with TNA at this point. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, he was still. It, it, I've got a piece of merchandise here, and it's 2012, and Sting is still in TNA at this point, and it is your. Bound TNA Bound for Glory signed Rockstar Spud. <laughs> signed Rockstar Spud. Yeah, dude. Um, and this is yeah 2012, and at this point Sting is still in it. Um, and at this at this time, I mean Rob Van Dam was in it at this time as well. Um, but yeah, they they had some, you know, some oh, big names also but, turned up when Hogan arrived as well. Yeah, dude. You you never guess what other matches on here that you will fucking hate. <laughs> Bound for Glory 2012. Bound for Glory 2012. Go on. Joey Ryan versus Al Snow. Oh. It's where they had the like TNA version of Tough Enough kind of thing, and Joey Ryan was one of the guys, and he kind of got voted off or whatever by the guys and then he was giving it loads of shit and said like screw you Al Snow basically and then they ended up having a match and he said right if you beat me then you can get a TNA contract I remember that vividly obviously um, like ugh, Joey Ryan and Al Snow that wow um, <laughs> obviously Al Snow you know I got nothing against him personally in this case you know he's never as far as we're aware been accused of anything Despicable, disgusting. No. Um, Apart from the um, the dog match with um, the big boss man. Yeah, that was a crime against humanity. But um, I, like I said, I've got a TNA annual here from 2014 with Sting's page here. I don't know if you can see that. This is Sting's profile page here on it. So I've got that exact annual, I, I believe. Guess, yeah, he's still around. He doesn't leave. So he comes back or whatever. So Yeah, I've got that right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell man oh, you've got a TNA t-shirt you've got annuals I've got one annual and one t-shirt and a couple of like figures down so I've got like an abyss figure and uh, <laughs> Daniels and a Jarrett and and you've got you've got quite a rare figure with someone that was you got one in the box still uh, not TNA no no I thought no, you had one in the box got still. no TNA box stuff I've got but yeah um I'm looking for TNA boxed figures, people. If uh, anybody has any, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook group. Hit us up wherever you can. Instagram, holler at your boy. Um, yeah, that's and that's <laughs> it. That's our lockdown page for you. That's my first foray into TNA for a very long time. I 
I didn't hate it. I can't say that it was a brilliant pay-per-view because it wasn't. It had some good moments here and there. I will probably say the bad outweighed the good. I mean, it but was... that's the same with any yeah. show that we watch, especially like like sold out, like you know, even WrestleMania eleven. You know, some of these matches, you know, were just painful to watch at times. And yeah, this one, this one doesn't is nowhere near as bad as sold out. So oh no, I mean, it, or, um, it, I mean yeah. what's the other one? Spring Stampede. Yeah. 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 So well, we I mean that we did the Spring Stampede, and there was there was later. What what was the one where Jarrett basically lies down for Hogan? That was oh, that's two, Bash that, at the Beach. Is that Bash at the Beach? I think two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we might have to do that one because there was a lot of shit going on on that. That event will come as up. Well. Um, next week, however, is Halloween, so there is it, it makes perfect sense. Seeing as we've just done a Corona star lockdown TNA pay per view. Halloween can only mean one thing. It's Halloween Havoc. I don't think we've fully decided on the year. If we want to watch a great match, then we have a year in mind. But if we want to, you know, watch some hilarity, I'm sure we'll pick a different year. But Yeah, there's a few to choose from. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a few to choose from. But yeah, obviously, with it being Halloween, we have to do Halloween Havoc. Um, it, it, It is a must. We have to do it. So... Yes, that will be our next uh, our next episode. Will be a WCW Halloween Havoc, which will be coming out around Halloween. Yeah, we um, we keep talking about it. We uh, we do thank everyone for subscribing. You can hit that right there. Go on, do it. I dare you. Um, it's free. It's free, and you know it makes us want to keep putting out some stuff. So don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. If you you know if you hate us, if you love us, comment as well. Tell us why you hate us. That's right. Tell us what you hate about us the most. You know, I, I don't care. You know, <laughs> like we're, we're not. We're not. Yeah, we 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 couldn't give two shits. You know, yeah. but we just want to have Take, that just, interaction. Yeah, just say if what you like. We'll we'll usually, you know, we'll comment back. We usually have a reply for you, and it won't be filled with hate. We usually just have a joke lined up. Um, thank you to everyone that subscribed, everyone that listened, everyone that watches. You know, our our downloads. You know, is quite an astonishing number for for something like this i'm quite surprised that many people download it and listen to it um yeah it's uh it's been a it's been another good one do you, do you want to re- remind people where they can catch us yeah dude you can catch us if you're watching the video right now you're watching us on youtube which is chat grapple and cheap pops podcast on youtube obviously we post out the links um on twitter which is at chat grapple pops on twitter jb's hitting that up we've got a lot of little video snips uh on instagram at chat grapple pops on there but you can catch us on various podcast platform so we're on podbean spotify deezer Castbox, iHeartRadio, google podcast apple podcast um amazon podcast we are on listen notes we are on every single podcast platform available that is terrific um, yeah we really are on it feels like everything you know i was it i smart radio Oh, uh, the Daily Smart. That's it. iSmart Radio is good too, yeah. iSmart Radio. Nice. <laughs> Might try that one. But um, yeah, that was, that's it. That's, uh, that's TNA Lockdown. And like, like I said, it wasn't terrible. So I'd, 
I'm sure we'll probably dip into TNA again, providing that, you know, we can, I can find one for free on YouTube. <laughs> or I'll have to lend you a, a DVD or a video to watch it after me, bro. I'm not watching Joey Ryan and Al Snow. I'm just I was going to say, we'll do Bound for Glory 2012 at some point. The Hogan years, bro. You know I, what I'm saying? I'll be honest, if there's any... I, I can't imagine we'll ever review a Jerry Ryan match on this show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, like I said, thank you for everyone to everyone that's still, you know, with us. You know, like I said, it's, uh, it's a bit of a slog listening to us at times. I can probably say that it's uh, a lot of fun for everyone. <laughs> but, yeah, like, thank you... Keep listening, keep watching, keep commenting, keep subscribing. If you're not subscribing, why not? Tell us why it's you're free. not. It's free. Tell us why That's you're right. not. Like we'll... And we're doing the giveaway soon, man. So the more people subscribe, the more chance there is for you to win some of our lovely wrestling merchandise. If, if so I'm correct as well, I think there was more stuff added to the giveaway box. Is that right? Yeah, there's some more shit that's been added. So you can win stuff, you know. You know, not these, uh, not these silly codes that people give away to watch Bound for Glory for free and all that. You know, we've got stuff you can hold in your hands, you know? That's right. Like real stuff. Real-ish. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for staying on. I'm JB. That's Chris Dredd. Have a great week. We'll see you for Halloween. Yeah, dude. Come back and join us for the Halloween. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care, guys. Ooh.